Welcome to the second episode of Heimat in Aarhus. I'm Shubham and I'm from India. And I'm Pia and I'm from Germany. And Heimat in Aarhus is a podcast about how people make homes in places that are not originally their homeland. And that is sort of true for us as well. Pia and I met in Denmark because we're both doing a master's degree here. And so Denmark is not really our home either, but we've been trying to make it homely for the time that we're here for. Although the Danish weather is making it extremely difficult. Yeah, I agree with that. But anyway, although we are in Denmark, Heimat is not a Danish term. It is actually German and it can be translated to home or homeland, but that's not completely correct. There's actually no English or Danish equivalent to it. It refers to a feeling of belonging or a feeling um, home somewhere. If you talk about Heimat, you mean a place that you have an emotional connection to. In this episode of Heimat in Aarhus, we met someone who has been living in Denmark for 25 years. But yet he doesn't call it his home. Tomorrow if I live on Mars, like I said, I'll be a Martian. But does that mean neither Denmark nor the Earth are his home? Let's find out. I'm on my way. I'm on my way home, sweet home. Zoran Likovic is 34 years old. His passport says he's a Dane and he teaches Danish with rap in Aarhus. That's also how Shupam got to know him. Yes, I actually met Zoran when I was very new to Denmark. I'd just been here for two weeks. I heard about this class where you learn Danish through Danish rap and I was very eager to learn the language back then, like most newcomers are. And it sounded very interesting, more interesting than, say, a normal classroom. So I decided to go and attend his class. The class itself was less of a proper classroom and more a very fun session where I realized that Danish rap was actually super catchy. But also Zoran stood out as a very interesting person with his background in that class. He told everyone a bit about his history, how he came to Denmark as a refugee from Bosnia while fleeing the ethnic conflict, and how the Danish language was a struggle for him initially. And now he's teaching people Danish through Danish rap. And that story I felt was very interesting. Super interesting. And this is now the second episode of Heimat in Aarhus and we already have two very different ideas of home. In the first episode, Rabia Azad Akmat, a politician in the Culture and Citizen Department in Aarhus, said home for him is a place where you want to go back to, for example, when you're traveling around. Now, Zoran says he has no problem with living on Mars tomorrow. So Shubham and I decided to visit him at his current home in the city center of Aarhus. Yes, to see whether it looks like Mars. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Hello? Sorry. Oh, hi. We have some visitors, or I don't, but some people, right? That's fine. Hello? Now, Zoran shares an apartment with two other people, and one of them is a friend of his. So while Rabia's home from the first episode had visible elements of both Denmark and Palestine, it's like, like a fusion of both, Zoran's home had no noticeable Danish or Bosnian features. I mean, since the apartment is located in Aarhus, so it obviously had a Danish architectural sense to it. But once you're inside the apartment, the place could be located anywhere in the world and it would still fit the same. Any student place in the world, basically. Yeah. And it actually just looked like a place that a lot of people have lived in before him and that they have left bits and pieces of them behind, like a sticker from a political party on the door 
or a poster on the cabinet, things like that. And Zoran, who had been living there for a year already, looked like he was in no particular hurry to attach himself to this physical entity of a home. And that, in fact, is very interesting and it fits in really well with Zoran's idea of a home. It's like the philosophical question, what you think is a, is a home? I mean, is it where you, you have a key to walk in or is it where you feel uh, comfortable and stuff and when you feel good? So I don't know. I mean, if I go traveling, I would come back to this place in Aarhus where I live now. So this is, I guess, my home now. But I also feel at home in my parents' place, even at my sister's place. She lives with her uh, Danish uh, boyfriend. Uh, they have a kid, two kids together now, actually, in Copenhagen. I don't know how they feel that when I visit, but I feel I'm at home when I'm at their place. In the conversation with Iran, it became clear quickly that his idea of home is connected to his experience of the war in Bosnia. The conflict was an ethnically rooted war between 1992 and 1995 that culminated in the genocide of Bosnian Muslims in Srebrenica. Zoran lived with his parents and his sister in Goraj, just a couple of hours from Sarajevo. In 1992, the family was visiting an uncle in Sarajevo when the conflict took to the streets. We actually took a bus to Croatia first. I, mean, I was a kid back then, so I don't remember everything. But we took a bus first. We tried to just escape Sarajevo because we couldn't go back to Goraj that easily. And we didn't bring any of our stuff with us. I mean, we, were, we went to Sarajevo for a few days from Goraj, from our home city. But we could just see that the, the war would escalate. And my dad was a sociologist. He's read enough about history to know that wars don't end over a day. And he thought there's no reason for us. I mean, you can see if we can get out of here. Uh, instead of going back to Goraj to even pick our stuff, uh, stuff up. And then, yeah, first we took a bus and then they said, signed a peace agreement. So we just traveled with a bus for 10 hours, came to Croatia. I think we wanted to go to Macedonia, just anywhere out of Bosnia because the war had started. And then they, we heard over the radio they were signing a peace agreement. So we just took the same bus back. We just paid a lot of money to just travel back and forth. When we came uh, back to Sarajevo, they were shooting and the bus driver said, I'm not allowed to drive you any further. You have to go the rest of the way. So we would just have to go and hear the shot. You know, I was eight. It's something I mostly I remember from Bosnia. It's really tragic, actually, to remember most that you were trying to run for your life as a nine-year-old kid. Back in Sarajevo, as Oran said, there was no peace. So the family went to Serbia and then to Denmark. I think it's interesting when he says that his father knew from the beginning that the conflict isn't going to end anytime soon, that wars don't end in one day. Because one of the usual reactions to conflict, especially if it's happening in your homeland, is to be optimistic and say, oh, this will end soon. So the realization that it wasn't going to end soon was a very important and serious realization. And when people usually talk about wars going on in a different region of the world, like right now, say, in Syria, or wars that happen in history, like in Bosnia, we usually talk about them as far away political concepts, very removed from our lives. But it's very important to remember that these wars have incredible real-life impact, for example, on people like Zoran and his family, who were forced to flee and start new in a new country. And this experience actually shaped his entire concept of home and belonging. The first home I had in Goraj, that this place, in, I mean, this city in Bosnia, I was uh, taken out of as a nine-year-old kid. So I was so connected to that city, and my parents were, I probably I mean, might have not been alive anymore. So I'm glad that my parents also had this idea of uh, co being cosmopolitan instead of like 
this is our city. We're never going to leave this place. I found it very interesting here that he talks about the negative aspect of being too attached to a place. And this brings me back to the meaning of Heimat, because the positive feelings to your home, that can also mean a rejection of anything foreign that has not necessarily been there in the first place. That is also why nationalist parties in Germany make use of the term Heimat. It's emotionally charged. And I think another important realization to think about here is that we maybe do not always need a place to feel at home. For Zoran, at least, it was the people around him that made it a home. And it was actually these people that he missed while he was living at the refugee camp when he first arrived in Denmark. I felt maybe I missed some of my friends from Bosnia. I don't. I didn't feel like homesick in that sense that I missed our apartment. I don't think I ever like missed some apartment. I remember missing my friends, for instance, from Bo Bosnia because I was I was trying to you know fit in with the new kids and like it's just easier when you have you remember your friends as a nine-year-old kid. It's just easier, you know. But after trying to fit in with the new Bosnian kids around him. They were also his new Danish classmates. When Zoran started in a Danish school in the eighth grade, he was the only child in the class who didn't speak Danish that well. And just a reminder at this point, now he teaches Danish with rap. Definitely, for me, I didn't feel at home in Denmark that much before I learned the language because that's why there was my entrance to also the getting Danish friends. You know, because in the beginning I only, only had Bosnian friends. My Danish friends now, actually all the all those kids I, I used to go to um, primary school with, like the ones I met in eighth grade, most of them are friend, my friends now. But back then I didn't know how to talk to them. So I felt like left out and I was like kind of shy and I would ditch school if I knew I had to read out loud or cry at night and stuff like that. So definitely it's only when I started to understand the language and speak back to my to these kids that I go to school with that I started feeling at home in this country. So he uses language as a tool to feel at home through relationships. It wasn't important for him to learn Danish because he was in Denmark, but because he wanted to communicate with his classmates and make them friends. And I actually relate a lot to Zoran's experience of feeling left out because he didn't know the language. Because we've been in Denmark for six months now as well. And I also don't really know any Danish beyond the basic greetings. And it actually does affect the way you build relationships a lot. For example, I live in a student dorm with 13 other people and all of them are Danish. And they're all very nice people, very helpful and they want to make me feel at home. But the language really gets in the way. Because even though all of them know English very well, it's not a language that they feel at home with, so to say. And when they talk to each other, when we're having a party or a dinner together, it will always be in Danish. So their conversations with me are always isolated, where they switch to another language just to ask me how my day was or something like that. And then it's back to Danish with each other. So I can't participate in any group conversations without feeling a bit forced, which is why, and I think a lot of people like Pia and I, who are in Denmark for only a short period of time, find it so difficult to make Danish friends. And we're mostly friends with other people from our masters who also all speak English. But Shubham and I worked on our Danish and we went to one of Zoran's rap classes. Okay, 
um, let's try to take it person by person because I always notice from here German and Indian uh, always make a mistake with the T definitely so let's say this is the bunch of people you could hear mumbling along to the song at the end that was probably also what Zoran sounded like when he started his journey of learning Danish. Back in his school days, when Danish was still a struggle, he got a few CDs of Danish rap from his classmates and started rapping along. So rap helped Zoran learn Danish and now he's using his experience to teach other people who come to Denmark as outsiders also maybe looking to feel at home. Yeah, and if that's what Zoran sounded like when he started, maybe there's hope for people like us to learn Danish as well. <laughs> 100%. So I think we can say one statement of this podcast is that home is not necessarily a place. And language is a very important tool to feel at home. But at the end of everything, what about Zoran? Is he Danish? Is he Bosnian? Is he from Mars? What does he identify as? For me, I don't care. I mean, tomorrow if I live on Mars, like I said, I'll be a Martian. For instance, when we're watching stand-up comedy, America, you know, international for internationals at the club, they ask how many uh, Danish people are here and how many foreigners are here. And I raise my hand for both parts. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm both a Danish and a Bosnian, I guess. I'm on my way. I'm on my way home, sweet home. Today's show was produced by Shubham Koshik and Pia Beme and brought to you by Studenta Radio Aarhus. This program is part of Planet Mundus. Find us on Facebook, give us a like and find more podcasts like ours on our webpage planetmundus.com. We are Pia Beme and Shubham Koshik. <laughs>